Welcome to the CDM Podcast, a production of Contagious Disciple Making. We exist to catalyze movement through coaching, community, and communication. We created this podcast to help everyday Christians to become world-changing disciple makers. Thank you for listening to the CDM Podcast this week. So we're doing something really special because we have a special initiative that we're starting with CDM. So this particular podcast uh, that I did with Michael Dorsett is um, we are posting half of it. In fact, actually the second half of it for free this week um, and and uh, posting the full version of what we are talking about as our premium content as a thank you to our supporters. Next week, we will post the, the full version for everyone else uh, but the important part is for you to know where we're going to be talking about our summer of fasting. Here at CDM, we are building a global community of praying disciple makers, praying Christians together for such a time as this. We're living in such a dark time right now, and never before do we need God's people seeking him, seeking his face. And also, since we know that movements are something that has to be done along with prayer movement. This is already something that we need to do is be seeking prayer movement, but we're calling for in CDM a fast this summer. So on Wednesdays, we're going to be um, fasting at calling everyone to fast on Wednesdays along with CDM over for over our cities, over our nations, over our world, so that we can see a revitalization and reactivation and repentance of the church, so that we can see disciple-making movements happen everywhere at wherever we are, and also so that we can see what Satan is trying to do to bring destruction and uh, and oppression. Um, barriers broken down in that. And so that we can see transformation. Ultimately, all these things we see God break forth in blessing and transformation in our areas. And so this is what we're seeking together. We put together a devotional uh, called um, fasting, developing a burden for your city. It's inside our app. You can download the, the contagious disciple making app on any platform, be able to download that devotional for free. Inside the carousel, you just swipe until you find it where it says prayer and fasting guide. Download that and share it with your friends. In this particular podcast, we'll be talking you with you how to be able to use this and how to be able to join us at CDM. And that's where we're going to break into our converse, my conversation with Michael. And so listen to this, share this particular podcast with your friends. And again, support us here at CDM and this particular podcast at patreon.com slash faithworks, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash faithworks to be able to help us continue being able to produce this kind of content and to mobilize Christians to, to pray across every city and area around us. Thank you and enjoy the podcast. This particular fasting devotional focuses on uh, the ba- not only the basics of fasting, but basically like what is it supposed to do in us? It's supposed to create a sense of desperation as opposed to bring action and consecration it's supposed to, and, and this one, especially we're wanting to develop that heart like God's for the lostness and the brokenness that we see in and around us. 
So let's take a look at this devotional. So again, this is in our Contagious Disciple Making app. You can look it up on any app store, be able to download for free um, inside the carousel. Uh, in other words, a swipey thing at the top. Uh, you can be able to swipe over, find it, click on it and, and everything. So you can look at it inside the app. You can download it. You can share it with your friends. But essentially, we're going to be looking at this devotional and showing like how how can we use this? You know, so first off, this particular way of praying, you can do it. We, we encourage you to do it personally, but then also with friends and as a church community. And finally, also with our global CDM community. So uh, first off, guys, you know, let's hit, you know, when you when you look at this particular devotional, what you'll find is each entry has a passage at the top it has maybe a couple of sentences of why we chose this passage and then it has a series of questions in which you can journal about this so and and they're divided in three different sections praying for your city praying for the church capital c church in other words the body of christ in your area and then also praying for yourself and so, and, and in each of these questions, it follows this kind of, of, of questions like, what in my city hurts your heart? How do you long to, what do you long to see happen in my city? And so what we're doing is that we're at that, those particular moments, especially as you're doing it personally, is that you're asking God this question and you're listening to him. You're spending time listening to him and talking back and forth with him about these things and writing down some of the things that have come to mind in each of these areas. And, and some of these questions, you know, they're talk about what do we do and who do we specifically pray for? So guys, yes, there's going to be general prayers that we put out there, but the whole point is, is that this is a, this is a journey of getting to more and more specific of getting God's guidance and what he wants us to do in response to this burden that he's, that we're and our connection with him, you know, Michael, for you, when, when we're talking about, you know, praying to God, trying to listen to him and, and talk with him, what are some of the things that you've seen and learned in this process, as well as maybe how you help other people in this? Well, uh, a couple of things. Um, the first thing I would say is having, I have found in my journey personally and mobilizing and, and helping others pray when you have something like this guide we've created or um, you could even say like a prayer list I find that people that have something like this pray more than people that don't mm. um, you know because it, it, it's again it's just a tool I mean it, you know we're not trying to say our, our guide is inspired or anything but <laughs> right. what, what, what we are saying though is it's a tool to help us again focus our thoughts but, you know, I think a principle in prayer that's so pivotal is, God, what is on your heart? Mm. You know, because I can, I can look with my own natural eyes and see, um, you know, like if there's a, a city with homeless, you know, that's kind of pretty easy to pick out that God wants to help people that are right. broken, but but what if his heart is to actually reach the affluent in your city? Mm. But we wouldn't think. And so you're, you're, you're approaching 
this fasting and prayer time, oh, I, I really, I need to come up with an idea to reach the homeless. And as you're praying, the Lord just gives you a deposit of, what about the people on Main Street in town that are the affluent of your city, you know? Who are poor spiritually. Yes, who are poor spiritually. So it's pivotal that when we're praying, we're, we're Lord, you, you're the one that leads us. What is exactly on your heart towards the place I live? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's so pivotal because um, we can miss out on what God's wanting to do while we're actually doing something that we think is godly. Or, I mean, and, you know, going to help the homeless is godly, but, um, and we should do that. But if God is saying, look, I really want you to focus over here, mm-hmm. then we're being disobedient if we're not following his leading. Um, so I think the guide helps us with those questions that we put in there. What, you know, what do you long to see happen in my city, Lord? Mm-hmm. I know what I want. You know, I want the Astros to win the World Series. <laughs> but, but what do you want to see happen you know um, absolutely absolutely and, and I think that's that helps us and and so you know guys uh, again we get into where we're praying for this both because we're trying to do battle in the spirit in the sense of that you know we want to see evil broken down and we're praying against it we're praying for that but then also we're praying for guidance for God to guide us and what he wants us to do and how he wants us to change and that's why we have some some uh, pass, uh, not passages, questions in here, like, what do you want me to do? Or how do you want us to change? How do you want me to change in and through this? And this gives us a, an ability to allow God to, to search us and know us and to, to say and tell us, you know, what is it that we need to be changing in and about ourselves? And guys, one thing I really encourage you to do is to, that the point of this is to ask these questions in light of the passage that you just were reading to use the scripture as an additional means of being able to see what God wants you to see in these things. You know, these questions can be used with any passage that you bring up. Uh, But, but again, for me, and this is, and this is for me, I hear the most from God when I pair this kind of praying scripture, when I, because I get, the most amount of what I feel insight into what God's trying to say to me in all these situations, as I'm reading, just something will pop out of the scripture and grab me. And, and then I, in my mind, I can see flashes of how that applies to what I am particularly dealing with right then. And that is, and so we, we have to recognize that God speaks to us in a, in a voice, but also through his word predominantly. So, you know, first off guys, this is, we're talking to you how to be able to do this personally, make sure you write out the things that this, but then also doing this with others, you know, we want to encourage you to find other people to do this with you. So your friends, your, your family, your, you know, the other people, your, your church family, and to either say like, you know, so we as CDM, we were calling Wednesdays as a fast, as a fast time. So maybe reaching out to some of your friends saying, hey, I want to do this fast together. Can we meet on Wednesdays to pray, you know, at a coffee or a lunch or you know, whatever, or on a Zoom call, if you can't actually all be in the same room always together. Um, at, at the very least, I would encourage you to say, you know, 
well, let's let's at least share our individual experiences at set at weekly at some point, like before our small groups or you know, um, right before we get into church, maybe we hang out afterwards for a little bit and talk about what God's showing us and things like that. Because again, we're talking about this fasting and praying and seeking God's face should be something that be shared with the people that are around us. And it shouldn't be just about us and what we're trying to do with, 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 with God. It's about all of us doing this together. So, you know, we, Michael was just talking about doing this with your church community. You know, we can't always control what our church does. You know, we're not always the pastor. We're not always some leader or whatever. But if you, first off, you are, you can really be able to to call your church. And if you've never done that before, there's power in this. Um, But then even as a person who is just attending, you can go to various different church leaders. Say, okay, can we, can we try this? Is there, is there a, of one service or, or one particular, you know, ask our small groups to try this, you know, one particular week, you know, where we ask the day of the small group that we fast and we do. And when we get together, we pray, you know, or something, is there some way that we can be able to, to try this out, to be able to help us see God's face. And, but you, you, Michael, as a pastor, you know, perhaps there are some, some pastors or some church leaders, um, that are listening to the podcast right now, how have you helped your people corporately fast and pray together? And, and these different times, like what, what did that look like and how did you mobilize it and make it happen? You know, when you, to me, when you're talking about in terms of pastoral or, or any sort of leadership within a, a church community, what I always tell people, um, it starts with you being the practitioner. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, we lead out front in that and pastors here, we're, we're going to, you know, I, I am joining, joining in with the CDM on Wednesday, but that's my day to fast every week. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I fast every Wednesday cause we, we're trying to, to set that up, um, you know, for in people's lives of, Hey, you, this should be a, a something you do frequently throughout your life, not just even when we have the Januarys or the the one in June or, or whatever. But right. your your weekly life should be centered around fasting and prayer. So, um, but we 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 roll that out again using our uh, communication platforms. But we found that it really works best when our different leaders of groups are rolling it out personally into their groups, whatever that group is, whether it be a DMC mm-hmm. or, uh, you know, children's ministry staff, whatever. Um, we're, we're sending it out that way because, uh, you know, when I, when you were talking just a minute ago, I was thinking, man, the only thing worse than fasting is fasting by yourself. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, because, You'll, you'll be in there. I mean, it's one thing to fast for, I can power through one day, but Mm -hmm. if you say in your heart, like even with what we're doing at CDM of once a week, Mm -hmm. you know, on Tuesday, you'll think to yourself, oh, we're fasting tomorrow, but you know, I've got something really big Wednesday afternoon. So I need to eat. There can be a temptation just not. It can be a temptation not to do it. So when you have others doing it with you, they can encourage you. And so 
we rely heavily on that and our communication through our group leaders um, helps get that out because we want them talking with each other. I know there's, you know, people bring up, well, the scripture says when you fast, you know, clean yourself up. Don't, don't yell at that's well, been Yeah. That's yes. been overused to me. Yes. We don't ever corporately fast or pray yes. or encourage that. Yeah, no, <laughs> absolutely. I'm like, that's not what that scripture means. No, it <laughs> so, cause when we do this together, I, I think God has set us up as the body of Christ. Right. And uh, we're so individualized as Americans. Um, we tend to think, well, it's all about me personally. It is about you personally, but there's there's power and encouragement in it's doing also it. about us corporately. It's corporately. It's and it's it's Jesus commands that too. Mm-hmm. It's not just like you and I discovered this cool little idea. No, Jesus expects us. I mean, the two great commandments: love him with all your being, and the second one is like it: love your neighbor. So that is really the the thing we're we're pushing out in our community and we do that through the practitioner of ourselves but helping our leaders when we communicate with them in our meetings whether it be a staff meeting or um the guys that that each pastors over in personal one-on-one meetings we're sending that out to the community because we we know it'll if we can funnel it out that way it's not just um well, I learned this principle from you guys when I started with CDM about mobilizing people to pray. You know, it's one thing to call people to something, but to mobilize them, mobilizing is different. Yes. So it, it takes more than just saying it from the pulpit. It takes more than just saying it from on your social media channels. It, it takes relationship with the, your leaders. Um, and in terms of what you said about like, what if you're not a pastor? you know, you have friends and brothers and sisters in Christ that you do stuff with all the time. And it's a conversation. Hey, I'm going to fast next week. And for the summer, I'm going to do Wednesdays. Would you like to come along with me and join me in this journey? Um, exactly. That's the way we approach it. And I think I remember also you, you saying earlier about like, you know, there, whenever you're trying to do special times of, of prayer and fasting that you have had maybe some special times that where you've called your church together for prayer and that you say, Hey, this, this week, we're going to have a fast. And then we're, we're coming together and praying at at certain times. Yeah. We, we actually did that for the uh, 2020 election. Mm -hmm. Um, The week before election day, um, we decided, Hey, listen, this election is going to be, um, you know, no matter how it turns out, it's not going to be good for our country because Half the country is going to be mad either way. And um, so we said, what do we do? What, what do we do when we see crisis coming? We, we fast and pray. We fast and pray. So for a week, we called our, our church community. The whole entire week coming up, we uh, met outside in our parking lot uh, each night from, I think it was uh, 6 to 8 p.m. Um, and we would have worship and prayer we did similar to what this guide is so we would we would have worship and then someone would come up with a prompt and we would unify around what the prompt was to pray specifically and we had scripture references like joel chapter two and different things like that that we were praying over our nation mm-hmm. um and, and that really it was awesome like we we had like a hundred people a night mm-hmm. for for seven nights come out which was quite incredible. It was encouraging. Um, 
but really what it did was it allowed us to unify around what God was, what we, we were trying to hear what God was saying and doing. So we knew praying, seeking his face together in a unified way was going to be the best thing we could do for our nation. You know, and, and I think it's really important what you're saying. So how would you use like these questions or this kind of format in a group setting? Well, you get up, you read the passage and then you give one of the questions, one of the prompts, and then you kind of let people listen and popcorn pray. In other words, you know, just let people, one person prays for 30 seconds, another bit. But a lot of people will say, <clears throat> praise you fell late fill and and allows people to be able to have this conversation with each other and with God over this particular passage and and the prompt that they're doing and then once it seems appropriate you know closing out that one and going to the next scripture the next prompt that you have and that's how predominantly we do things within also CEM when we're trying to to help mobilize people to pray as groups together you know over certain things so Lastly, guys, we want you to be able to be praying with the CDM community. So one of the things we're trying to do with CDM is to build global, a global community of praying people. You know, we it's good that we and we want people to be praying in their local areas, but we want people to be praying across their regions and also across the globe. And so we have been, you know, developing ways that you could do that. You know, first off, we have a CDM prayer page where you could go and you can you post your prayer request and prayers for each other on there. It's in our app. You just go and you click the button, you ask it, get let in, and you can start with that process. But each week, guys, when we're doing our prayer and fasting, there's going to be a post uh, that's going to be pinned to the top that's going to say, okay, this is this week's passage. Put in the comments what God is showing you and your prayers. I cannot tell you how much that the people around us that have been doing this not you get such edification and enjoyment out of reading prayers that were prayed for them or that the prayers of the saints together and we actively see breakthroughs at because again these are genuine prayers that we're praying for each other and you could just imagine it being just like little letters <laughs> being flown across the you know the internet uh, to be able for us to be able to actually read and, and perceive them. And so it's a real way for us to be praying no matter where we are uninhibited, uninhibited by time and location and all the different types of stuff. The second way is our prayer meetings. Wednesdays from 8.15 to 9.15 a.m. PST, we get, uh, there's a link inside the app under events. You can join us and pray with us in these ways that we say, and we're going to be fasting and praying together we just opened up a evening prayer time every other Tuesday nights from 5 to 6 p.m. PSD that you'll be able to see and be a part of as well. You can find that inside our app underneath events to look at that. And so we're asking people to join us and to be literally encouraging the people around you not only to pray together, but to pray with us and with people from across land masses where we have California praying for Texas and Texas praying for Senegal and Senegal praying for Germany and Germany praying for Boston, for all of us to be praying together as a global community, a body of Christ in this. 
Um, lastly, guys, I want us to just walk through real fast a few of the, the main focuses that we have within this devotional, like the, the different passages that we, we've chosen in here, which that was an interesting process. It, we could give you this endless list of, of passages we could have put in here, but why we chose these particular passages and what is the main point that we were trying to get people to see in it. Uh, the first passages, and a lot of these were suggested by, by you, Michael, um, were kind of similar in theme. So Isaiah 58, I suggested Isaiah 51, and then you were suggesting John 14 to 15, just kind of this theme of what is fasting? What should be the result of our fasting? It leads us to do something. It helps us to uh, actually not just be abstract in our thinking towards God, but actually do something. And I think these passages, um, those three passages there also show that fasting itself does something. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we all often think of fasting and praying together, but fasting itself actually does something like Isaiah 58 says, you know, it looses the bonds of wickedness. Mm -hmm. And so fasting is doing something. It's a spiritual discipline that, that is doing something, which is why we chose those those uh passages there those exactly because the thing is is that when we're fasting we're supposed to be repenting we're supposed mm -hmm. to be also returning to obedience to what god has told us to do and so in isaiah 58 it says that it's to help the poor it's to do justice it's to help the oppressed and you know that's why i'm not listening to your prayers because you're just praying and you're not doing you're not obeying you're not repenting you know and actually turning from your wickedness you know we just remarked right before this uh this uh call um michael that you know we like to to use the chronicles 714 passage and just pray but we just miss that part where it says turn from your wicked ways part of it and then we wonder why god doesn't hear us and say well we didn't complete what a fast is really supposed to be about and so Guys, if if when we fast and we pray, it doesn't lead us to change. It doesn't lead us to do something. It doesn't lead us to more obedience, and we're doing it wrong. And so we we need to make sure that's really important. Now, Michael, another passage you thought was really important that I have I really have come to appreciate all the more is Matthew seventeen, where it talks about uh, the man that was um, that that had brought uh, his child and. The disciples couldn't cast out the demon that was in them. And, you know, Jesus asked him, well, you know, do you believe? I, I believe, help thou mine unbelief. And that, you know, um, Jesus was able to speak and cast out the demon. And he turns and says, listen, if you have faith, you could do this. But demons like this only come out without doesn't come out without fair prayer and fasting. That's the passage that we're talking about here. And you were saying that belief unbelief and fasting are connected yeah and that, and that's when you read that passage of scripture um he, he literally says that to his disciples it was because of your unbelief this one didn't come out mm. and then he says this kind only comes out by prayer and fasting so as i read that i one day it occurred to me that oh prayer and fasting is helping to build my faith because it's rooting out unbelief in my in my heart so um absolutely you know and i you know i've encountered many demons in my time and you don't want to uh, not be able to cast said demon out so 
<laughs> so make, dangerous sure, prospect. make sure you don't want to be those seven sons of Skiva. Um, <laughs> you know, but all joking aside, that scripture really, wow. You know, we all, we all wrestle with unbelief. So prayer and fasting will, will root that out of our, our hearts. In fact, even what you were saying earlier, when, you know, guys, you know, sometimes we can mental, we can, we can parrot the belief. I believe God can overcome this. I believe he wants us to see movement. I believe that he wants it to, that, that he answers prayer. I, I believe all these things um, that I believe that he want, he, there, that the harvest is white and ripe unto harvest. And I just need to, to follow through and God will say, we can parrot those things with our mouths. But is it something we really believe in our hearts and it comes out in what we're doing? And so this fasting can get us really what it does is it gets us to a deeper sense of, yes, this is what God, because he, because now I'm more connected with him. My faith has grown. And I feel like even in your story earlier, Michael, when you're saying that you were overcome with anxiety, it's like, I'm sure if anybody asked you at that time, you know, is God in control, you know, and is it, is this promise is true? You would say yes, you know, or whatever, but you weren't feeling it at that particular point, but the prayers helped you be able to overcome that unbelief and be able to see that breakthrough even in your own heart. And so, you know, guys, when we're, when we're dealing with these things, we can come to a greater faith uh, in the promises of God. And that thrusts us out into doing what he wants us to do, which is a lot like this John four, which is another passage we were thought were real. It was really important. And this is where um, the woman at the well was. Um, and, the disciples, here's Jesus waiting by the well and the disciples go off to find food and he gets to have this great encounter with this woman and she goes off and is in the process of telling everybody, I found him, I found the Messiah, come, come, talk, come talk to him. And the disciples come back to him with food and I, Hey, here's the food. And, and, uh, you know, Jesus says, I have food that you don't know of. And right now I'm just imagining, I've always imagined him just kind of having this big smile on his face, you know, as and stuff and the, and the disciples be like, what, you know, like, did, so, did someone come by and give him food? What's going on? Yeah. And the thing is we make to make fun of the disciples, but we're like this all the time. We just don't get it. And, you know, and Jesus like, my meat is to do the will of him that sent me. And then he turns around and says, the harvest is white and ripe and ready for the harvest. Pray that the Lord will send out more labors into his harvest. And this is a passage you felt was really important, Michael, for a few reasons. Yeah, well, I mean, you see, you see the clear um, fasting implications towards it. I mean, he's not eating. He needs to eat, but he's, he's uh, not. Uh, I love the King James Version. He, he tells them, um, I have meat that you know not of not of so that tells us that meat's a good thing <laughs> throwing the good texan uh good texan plug for barbecue there yes you know? um but you know as we were looking at this passage because we kind of just brought that up from the fasting standpoint but as i was reading over it i said oh wow he he said that my food is to do the will of my father mm-hmm. and then what was the will of his father that the harvest was ready exactly <laughs> you exactly. should go into the harvest and I mean, I remember thinking that, whoa, I'd never tied that together before. Mm-hmm. You know, as we were looking through preparing this guy, we had, we had just kind of threw that scripture passage around him. And, and I thought, whoa, fasting, t- 
ties us into the harvest, which is yes. what we're all called to do, to go out among the lost and disciple them to Jesus and see that multiply. So um, it, that was probably, as we put this, uh, this um, guide together, like my big takeaway is, wow, Whoa, yeah, that's tied together. I've never seen it before. Well, you know, and, and that's the thing is, is that we, you know, that's the whole process of what God's trying to do, right, is give us more realization that, and the thing is, is as we, we have these questions is we're, we're praying, like, what is your heart for my city? As God tells his heart to us, and we're starting to feel the burden, the point isn't just for us to always just be like sitting here in our rooms. The point is, is that he's telling you, you go do something about it. Mm -hmm. Go talk to your neighbors, go get to know people, you know, address the evil that is happening in and among you, that you are supposed to be part of the answer to the prayers that you are praying to me. And, and, and so that's why we're saying, we see that in this passage. Now, guys, we've already talked about second Chronicles seven, and this is a, another passage that we've chosen. It's where Solomon is praying in the temple. You know, when these bad things are happening, we need to come and fast to you. We've already talked about that. So fasting should be a response in times of trouble. I, I can tell you guys, I feel like we've really started to completely lose this as Christians. Times of, times of trouble, we mainly just only just mantra to ourselves, God's in control. While really we need to be praying and fasting and seeking his face and looking for guidance, looking for answers, looking if there's any, you know, sins we need to be repenting of. And that's because ultimately we need God and we need him to be our deliverer. And, and it's not just something that automatically happens without us seeking his face. He has actively said, I want a relationship with you, not for you to parrot a theological idea in your head and not talk to me. You know, the whole point is I'm supposed, we're supposed to be connecting here. You know, I, I agree with all that. I mean, again, I think what we're trying to really hammer across with, with these passages is what is our natural response when bad things happen? And it should be to seek his face. That should be like, <laughs> you know, when you squeeze an apple, apple juice comes out. Mm-hmm. When the Christian is squeezed, you know, what should come out? Jesus, the things that the, the Lord. So if we turn to him when these things happen, when those squeezings come, that's what's going to come out of us, and which is what we need in these, these days. The last one we wanted to talk about today is the Second Chronicles 14 to 15. And we wanted to purposefully bring a passage in that showed that part of the seeking God's face was uh and this is this is a passage which asa you know uh became king and he just started cleaning house he started ripping down the 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 idols he and the high places and getting people to relearn how to follow god and getting the whole nation back on track and saying we're we are following god and he is our king and things like that and and i and i can't think of Something that is more needed for us right now is to realize that our part of our Christian duty is to make to, especially in places like America, when it's a, a government by the people and everything is that we need to address evil, that fasting should lead us to actually addressing the evils that are happening in our communities, to be confronting the spirit of the age that is right now to set and to be holding up a banner and saying, 
We need to be a nation under God that we don't have to be a theocracy to say that Jesus is Lord of all and saying that what he says is wrong is wrong. And we're going to follow that and we're not going to sanction it and we're going to stand for it. And, and, and to address these, the horrible things that are happening in our nation. And that's such a need for right now. I agree. Um, you know, what greater thing could we do than to stand for what's the truth? And it's also, it's not just when we're addressing evil, it's the, the most loving thing we could do. Exactly. I mean, you know, if there's a blind man walking towards a cliff and you sit, see it and don't warn him, you don't love that man. You're going to let him walk off to his death. And when we see these evils being perpetrated, um, first and foremost, this is dishonoring God. Yes. One who created us, the one who is our Lord, the one who is our savior, our King. And if we just sit back and just, oh, well, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to heaven. (laughs) Right. Right. You know, that, God, you know, whatever, you know, the kingdom is not of this world, mm-hmm. you know, kind that's of right. Yes. Uh, to me, that's the biggest display of not loving yes. others that we could do. And, and I think there's this false idea that, you know, the, the spirit of the ages you, you spoke of has disseminated this inclusivity mm-hmm. of, of all types of things. When really it's Isaiah chapter five, you know, they're going to start calling evil good and good evil. And they have. And they have. That's exactly right. (laughs) And and what are the messengers of God always done throughout the scripture? They've stood between God and the people and declared what God says. And and you see that all throughout this, especially the Old Testament with the prophets. That's what they're doing. Hey, turn from your wicked ways. And, And who knows if God will relent. Mm-hmm. And leave a blessing behind him, you know, but let's turn from our wicked ways. I think of the prophet Habakkuk, mm. you know, he says in Habakkuk chapter three, Lord, in your wrath, remember mercy. And uh, yes, as we stand there calling out these things. It is an act of love. It's not just a, a word making a, a political stance on we're right or left. No, we are right down smack of what God has said. And we're going to call that out because we love others, you know, and, and, I, and I can't help but not think of that picture of David and Goliath, where it's like all the nation of Israel was sitting there scared in front of this, this yeah. giant. That's like, your God is nothing. And I, anybody who comes against me, I got to feed their flesh to the birds. And they're just like, uh, yeah, um, we're, you know, and they're just sitting there and David comes up like, who is this guy, you know, who defies the living God? Let me at him you know, kind of thing, because he's like, this, this cannot stand this, this blasphemy, this, you know, and, and everything. And, and, and to me, a specific instance in our, in our nation right now, when I think of our public schools and what they're doing to our children and what they are, you know, um, just indoctrinating them and grooming them into sexual perversion and anti-God and everything to be kids that no longer can have a grasp of hold of what is true or who they are, you know, that's, that is so wicked. And so many Christians are just let turning a blind eye, letting it happen. Oh, that's so sad. And it's like, well, good thing. My kids are not in public school, you know, and it's like, well, 
well, what about all those other kids? Mm-hmm. They may not be your kids, but they're somebody's kids. And quite frankly, as a nation, they are kids. And so therefore, is it loving for us to allow Satan to just prey on these children? And so, you know, we, we need to take action and fasting and praying is for us to do battle in the spirit that thrusts us to be able to battle in the physical. You know, people say my kingdom is not of this world, but yes, but however, he says, pray that your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Our job is to bring his kingdom down, to live it out. And in so living, people know what it's like to be the blessing of being ruled by God. Um, So guys, thank you so much for talking with us about this particular idea of prayer and fasting and what it should lead us to. And, um, And having a burden for a city. Our goal with CDM is to be able to see us starting prayer movements all across our cities that this starts with a deep seated, you know, um, prayer and fasting among us. That's why we're declaring a fast on Wednesdays, but we're looking for people to be joining us and mobilizing prayer across their cities, as well as across it with us to do that in partnership with other people who are doing that in their cities for whole nations in the world. And so We'll be talking more and more about that as we move forward. But if you want to be able to learn how to be able to be a part in this and how to be able to mobilize prayer in your city, you know, contact us at CDM team at contagious disciple making.com, not discipleship team at contagious disciple making.com. And, and just say, Hey, I want to be able to volunteer. I want to be able to know how to do this. In, in my local areas. And together, guys, we can be able to band together, seek God's face and, and be his hands and feet to see a turning of time, to see movements happen and revitalization of the church that will transform our cities, nations, and world together. So thank you so much, Michael, for being with us today, talking about prayer and fasting. You're welcome. Glad uh or I, I was a privilege to be, uh, be able to share some things we've learned through prayer and fasting over the years. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you guys for your support, for supporting this podcast, like share and rate and review and help us get the word out so that together we can help more people become disciple makers. Your support also allows us to continue to offer and create new content and support disciple makers like you transform their communities with the gospel of the kingdom. And as always, as a thank you, those who give at least $5 a month to our Patreon will gain access to our premium content that dives even deeper into the challenges and tips for disciple making. Uh, and you can get that at patreon.com slash faithworks. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash faithworks. This is Rebecca Ewing challenging you until next time, go and make disciples. Thank you for listening to the second half of this full version of this podcast um, that I have recorded with Michael Dorsett, uh, pastor and friend from Liberty, Texas. Um, we will be posting the full version of this as well. First off as a preview uh, this week for our uh, supporters here at uh, CDM. And uh, uh, if you go to patreon.com slash faithworks, it's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash faithworks. When you're a support $5 a month supporter to us, you'll be able to listen to the fur- full version this week. Um, as a preview, next week we'll be posting the full version for people to be able to listen to. 
um, at, for free as just wanting to be able to make this available for people because we are wanting to see um, Christians all over be fasting and seeking his face and being a part of the relationship and community of seeing this happen together. And we'll be walking through that and join us here at CDM. Email us at team at contagiousdisciplemaking.com to be a part of this growing prayer movement together. Thank you and go and make disciples. Thanks for listening to the CDM podcast. To hear part two, become a supporter on our Patreon page. If you're listening in the CDM app, you can click below or you can find the link in the description. For coaching or other resources, connect with us at ContagiousDiscipleMaking.com or download the Contagious Disciple Making app.